All right. Welcome. This is the first episode of a show that we're currently calling Zathlon Talk. I'm Nick Sinotis, the owner of Zathlon, and I'm joined here today by Chris Yetman and Todd Decker. This podcast is going to do a lot of different things. Uh, and the first thing that I'd really like to do is just start to build the academic decathlon community and engage the academic decathlon community by just having conversations and recording them. And so that's exactly what this is going to be, is just a conversation, no real pointed or targeted nature of it, just a couple of people sitting down at a table at beautiful ASU West Campus in Glendale, Arizona, at the Arizona State Academic Academic Decathlon Competition. And to get us started, I would love for Chris here, who is to my right, to kind of give a very brief background about academic decathlon, who you are. Just tell us who you are. Let's, let's, let's keep it brief. Who are you, Chris Yetman? I am Chris Yetman, and that's who I am. Done. There we go. You know, this is my 19th year of coaching, and I was actually recruited to coach many years before that, and I somehow resisted that because I didn't sound like it was really the right thing for me, which in hindsight shows how completely stupid I was being. Because I come from a liberal arts background. I went to a liberal arts college, and I believe strongly that everybody should be educated in every area, that broad-based education makes the most successful people. And I've lived my whole life that way. So why I was opposed to academic decathlon, I don't know. But when I, after coaching it for about a year, I realized that this was the right place for me. And I've been doing it ever since and enjoyed it a lot. One of the reasons I enjoy it so much is that every year I get to learn new stuff too. Every year I get to explore some sort of topic that I may never have studied before. And I have learned so much about the world in those 19 years. Love it. That was a beautiful introduction. Todd, I'm going to ask you to do the same thing. I have a lot of the same uh, thoughts. Again, I keep doing decathlon because I learned so much from doing it. I've learned so much more coaching and teaching decathlon over the years than I ever learned when I was in college myself. And, uh, I've been coaching for 28 years and started in the late 80s, uh, really by accident. Because the theme that the, the coach that year was a science teacher, but he needed help because he didn't know anything about astronomy. And so um, they didn't email all the coaches because they didn't have that in the schools yet, but they uh, put a little note in everybody's box and uh, they're asking for somebody to come in and work with the decathlon kids there, uh, somebody who knew astronomy. And the only reason I knew astronomy was in high school, I got bored with uh, biology and chemistry. And so when I went to college and I needed science credits, I said, oh, what can I take instead of biology and chemistry? And I took astronomy and all my science credits in college are physics and astronomy. And so I, I actually knew astronomy. So I went in there, started working with his kids and I'm a decathlon coach to, you know, since then. It was really kind of odd because he, he quit mid-year. So I took over his team in the middle of the year and I said, wait, there's more than astronomy? You know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, nine other subjects. You know, so, uh, so I've been doing that ever since. So it's really been kind of an interesting... Uh, so we're, we're looking here at 47 years total coaching, if I yeah. heard correctly. Well, yeah, if everybody heard correctly, 
Todd has been coaching since before email. Like, I want everybody who's listening to, <laughs> to wrap your mind around that. Actually, not entirely true, because I actually had an email account in 1983. Boom. One of the first nerds in the country I with email. I sent my so. first email in 1982. Ooh, ooh! It could only go to other people in the same college. Yep, there you go. It couldn't go beyond the scope had of a That's how it started, right? Colleges. I, I actually yeah. don't know the history of the internet. Well, the ARPANET yeah, started in 1969, which will come up next, next year. year. Yeah, yeah, that's why I yeah, wanted yeah. to give a little plug there. There you go. Yeah. That's yep. cool. Yep. That's cool. You guys are great. And that's really, I mean, uh, hopefully for everybody who's listening, getting that background from both of you might explain part of the reason why I wanted to have you guys as my first guests. Uh, you guys just are... What you're saying is that we're really, really old, and so <laughs> sometimes we're interesting when we're not babbling mindlessly about what it was like in the old days. That's it. That's exactly and this, it. And this is coming from the younger of the two of us. Uh, yeah. And, and this is also the yin and the yang. I, I would be willing to bet that Chris would have been an honors had they had decathlon back in his day, whereas yep. I am the result of what would happen if a varsity became a decathlon coach. You would so, have killed so there you as go. a varsity. There you, go. you, would have, you would have just dominated. That's a very true story. I, I was definitely a varsity honors. I mean, I was an honors, um, but I had varsity tendencies. But yes. yeah, my GPA would have put me in the honors, and I probably wouldn't have been very good because I didn't know how to study very well. But coaching academic decathlon has taught me how to study. How's that for an interesting... Uh, uh, I get that. Yeah. I actually totally understand that. Just being around academic decathlon, thinking about it. We, I mean, we obviously, I had decathlon, the business before this. I was a decathlete for a year, and I'm doing decathlon now. Just approaching the way that we want to give what we're giving, tests and things like that, to our customers has allowed me to really change the way that I think about learning in general. Because I basically have to say, I have to create a model that people are going to get something from. And in the process of doing that, I start to learn how I learn myself. Mm -hmm. So learning how to learn, I think, personally, I'm not trying to give my own plug, is one of the best things that you can get out of academic decathlon. I completely agree. It's the big picture. It's the skill set. It's the reason that many decathletes have a much easier transition to college because they've learned the skills that many of us don't learn until we're older. I love that. Absolutely love that. I don't know what made me think of it, but something one of you said brought up a really interesting point. Coaching. You guys are both coaches. You're both also teachers. I'm going to point to you, Todd. Coaching versus teaching when it comes to academic decathlon, because I think you have a unique background on that. You, huh. you do both, <laughs> but I think you yeah. do a lot of one versus the other, and then I'm going to ask Chris the same thing. Wow. Well, yeah, I think I am in the minority in that I teach every single subject every single year. Um, a lot of other teams have experts come in to teach the, the different areas because it is so uh, broad. broad. Um, I found when I, when I used to try when I used to try to get I, I think earlier in the 90s, uh, sorry to ramble there, no, in, in the early 90s I would, I would try to get people, because you know, I didn't know anything about art in the early 90s, so I would try to bring the art person, or, oh gosh, this science guy knows way more about this science topic than I do, let's bring him in. And I would find out that they could not keep up with the pace of the information, because we have to take a whole semester's worth of information, basically crunch it in three weeks. And if you spend more than three weeks, you don't have time to get through everything during the course of the year. So it, it, I found out that nobody else could 
you know, they're trying to teach the courses the way they would teach it in their regular classes. And even as an AP class, they're going to slowly, yep. you know, and so you really have to concentrate it. So I learned how to, I had to teach myself everything in order to teach it to the kids. And I'm just not very good at, with delegating either. So yeah. I had to learn how I, to, you know, I just, I'm going to do it myself because nobody else is going to do it the way I need to do it. I I'm, totally understand that. We, we are opposites in that respect yeah but I totally appreciate where you're coming from at the same time so I totally understand that what about you well I think it's kind of amusing because I made a decision early on that I was not going to try to teach anything except for my particular area of expertise which is mathematics um, these are both math teachers by the way yeah but I'm a fake one he's a role <laughs> yeah right for the record I'm fake too to some extent but I, I will we can go into that later but we don't need to talk about that now but <laughs> I mean, I have spent 30 years in the classroom being a math teacher. And so I felt that I could effectively and efficiently coach this or teach the students in math. But it wasn't that I wanted to bring in um, experts, although from time to time we do that, especially if something is particularly difficult to understand. But what I decided was that I think that one of the skills that I students need to develop is the ability to learn by reading. Yeah. Because a lot of students leave high school without really ever reading the textbooks, especially in math, the textbook is just a place to find the homework problems and nothing more. <laughs> and then they're going to end up with a professor who doesn't speak English or who expects the students yes. to read a lot of things. And so one of the main skills they can, they can get, and I think Academic Decathlon has been really, really wonderful with this, is to learn by reading themselves and then discussing it with other people going through the same process. And so I seldom teach things overtly in my room. In the years, for example, this year where we studied African music and the year that we studied Chinese music, I did seek outside help because that an expert there can really make a huge difference in a short amount of time. Context, just having lived it, just letting you actually be able to experience it. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah. So and and so for me, I am more a facilitator coach. I give my students syllabus, a syllabus, and I say tonight we're reading five pages of this and five pages of that, and I will quiz you on it tomorrow, and then I encourage them, I um, push them, I prod them, and sometimes bribe them with food. Um, but whatever it is that, that will encourage them to actually do the necessary steps to parse through a rather large volume of information. I love it. I love the diversity of the and, two different Well, and, and don't get me, uh, and he's exactly right. I, the number one requirement when I recruit kids is you have to like to read. And yeah. if, you don't, if you aren't willing to do the reading, then it's going to be an awfully difficult road to hoe. Yeah. Uh, so... Learning how to read and learning how to take notes, both from your reading yes. and from the lectures that I give, that's the key thing that they're learning. And that kind of stuff is what is what helps them through college. Mm -hmm. It's like, gee, 90% of the classes are getting in college, they can just sit down, lecture, and a lot of reading. And, and most of our kids these days don't know how to do that, high school kids, no. because they've gone to manipulatives, they've gone to hand, they totally different focus, and teachers are not only encouraged to not teach, they're told not to teach, and, and yet, I think that's, that's doing our current set of high school students a disservice. They don't really know how to read and how to take notes because, yep. and they, they, they stopped ordering textbooks in the Phoenix Union High School District for math because they said, well, the kids aren't gonna read them. You know, yep. it, it, I just, that's insane to me. I just, yeah. No, I totally 
people in. When I screen my students, sometimes I recruit students from eighth grade, and I go off our district. Um, they, they administer a test called the MAP test, and I go off the MAP test scores. Um, and there's a there's a, a reading and a, a reading comprehension score. I count that double weight as I do the math score. I would rather have a student who's a little weak in math right. but is a good reader yes. than yep. a student who's strong in math but is a not a very good reader. Yep. Yes. Pausing real quick there, I, I just had this conversation with a coach here uh, earlier. We're all math people. I haven't said that. I, I have a math degree. So you're two math teachers and a math degree person who doesn't really use math as part of their job but at least thinks about it sometimes. <laughs> My point that I'm getting at is what you just said about verbal comprehension versus math, completely putting academic decathlon aside, would you say that is one of the most important things that you can leave high school from a curriculum standpoint with? Definitely, definitely. I think that, 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 and this is something that is why I enjoy coaching the academic decathlon, is that there's a whole bunch of meta-learning that's going on, and the skills that the students are learning are not just factual and or mathematical, but it's the ability to do that sort of cognitive task. Yeah. And I think that's absolutely priceless, the yeah. ability to do those sort of things. We might have to change this podcast to like the learning how to learn podcast or something. <laughs> well, and, and I, will, I will also add to that, because I was an unmotivated student when I was in high school, um, I also teach the way that I wish I had been taught. Yep. And so I try to, you know, the things that would have gotten me excited to learn, I see not only these kids today do not have the, the skills, the reading skills that they should have and the note-taking skills and all that. They also, years ago, I don't know where the transition started, but years ago, the focus in school went from learning to point attainment. And so my biggest pet peeve is you've got kids all that, how many points is this worth? And I want this many more points and can I get five more points on this exam? I don't like it. You know, and it's like, instead of the kids saying, what concept did I not get right? It's, well, how can I get more points added to my score in order to increase my grade? Yep. And to me, it's all about learning because who's going to care what grade you got in a class in high school five years from now, 10 years from now? What matters is what you know how to do. Yeah. And, and we're just totally not focusing on learning anymore. And so I focus on the learning in my classes and I try to make it fun at teaching all these different things and inter and the, and the I'm sorry, I'm rambling. No, no that's this really, is your, really good. But this but is a, this is a social change. It's it, that, yes, and, and I've seen no. it over the years. I'm if, you're listening, if you're listening, please tell Todd. Say like you can call <laughs> in if you're on anchor, you can email <laughs> academicsathlon at gmail.com and I'll send it to him. Tell me, tell him how good what he, what he just said is. I gonna, know I'm you're going argue, to argue with that. If I can interject, I'm yeah, going to argue please. that this is actually something that's not new. That there yeah. have always yeah. been. Maybe you know, it's always have, been this. Bit. It's always been the people who cared more about the score than they did about the knowledge. Yeah. And I think that's the sign of a good coach and a good teacher if you can work with those people as well as with the unmotivated people and trick both of those groups into Ooh, like learning. Yeah. It is. A, a yeah. lot of, Isn't it sad that you have to trick the kids into doing what's good for them? All like, of eat your vegetables. But they yeah. don't know. All I of education is, is yeah. smoke and mirrors. <laughs> you like accidentally discover that you like something. And like, Oops. And so. Yeah. That's so true. I have to, I have to do full uh, transparency relevation. Relevation? Revelation. Yeah, that's not a word. That's okay. Um, I'd like to relevate. Yeah. <laughs> How many feet off the ground? <laughs> I'm also an English major. 
So I have a background in English literature as well as mathematics, and I was almost a Russian history minor. And I find that by bringing those things into a mathematics lecture, and bringing those things into the classroom, where no matter what you're teaching, by making it yes. rich and whole, everything becomes more interesting. Yes. And with decathlon, that kind of happens naturally because yes. you're studying every part of it. In yes. mathematics, I have to say, hey, this was originally done by Leonard Euler. Did you know that he was <laughs> blind the last 25 years of his life and that he dictated 50 volumes of, of work and, and continue to publish even after he died? And You know, the, the sort of things like yes. that that make life a little Absolutely. bit easier. Make life a little bit more interesting and learning a little bit easier. And they may or may not give you points, but they make it interesting. They make it interesting and they make it rich and they give you an insight into the fact that whatever it is you're doing isn't just something on a piece of paper, but it's something that was created by human right. beings that are right. just like you and me. Yes. Yeah. And that they went through the same thoughts and processes and then that's when education suddenly becomes exciting. Yeah. And that's uh, when learning suddenly becomes exciting. And to build on that, I think that's why it makes my approach for me work for me as far as I teach everything instead of having different people come in because I'm because I've been doing that for so long I'm good at intertwining interweaving all of the mm -hmm. different yeah. subjects it's like oh here's how the music relates to the art relates to history mm -hmm. relates to the math relates to science relates to you know it, it's like because I'm I'm involved in all of that and so I'm seeing the, the different connections that somebody coming in and just doing their compartmentalized thing can't possibly see. Yeah. And, and so it, it, even though I'm not an expert in any of these fields, I'm like somehow able to connect it at least on the level where I don't need to be the expert. The kids are the ones who need to be the experts because they're reading all the material. I'm just trying to get them excited about learning and seeing the connections. And if I do that, then they build on, on their own skills and everything. They, they take it way further than I would have. Todd is a 20th level decathlete. Yeah. He can, he can intersect and integrate all areas of knowledge into any one area of knowledge, and that is the key of academic decathlon, and that's the key of education. What did you call him earlier? I mean, it's not necessarily related. You said the, he's the Gandalf of academic decathlon. <laughs> what? My students think <laughs> that you're Akdek Gandalf. Akdek Gandalf. That's right. That's what they call you. Wow. You need to grow the beard a little I mean, longer. Well, my, I, I, my that, own boys a, want me to buy that. Right. Okay. I mean, that's a compliment. It's a huge compliment. I mean, well, usually during finals week, I say, you shall not pass. pass. Yeah, it's, it's, it could work. It does work. Yeah. I think the beard thing has to I'm happen. I'm the old man of decathlon. That's Great. not what he's saying. Gandalf was a lot more than that. I mean, Gandalf in some ways is the Christ figure, but he's the savior, but he's also... I'm a martyr! He's the, he's the wise one, and he's the one that sort of gives people insight into what, how the world is, and that's really a good role wait, to have. Wait, wait. Run! You <laughs> fools! <laughs> it's fly. Oh, fly. Fly, you fly, fools. You fools. Oh, ah, see, see, no. I would have gotten that wrong. Yeah, you really oh, need to start practicing if you're going to be the Gandalf. <laughs> you know, see, I'm, I've been fighting. Okay, so as a teacher, you have to put on the, the persona of being the wise a mage. Okay, <laughs> magician, trying to get kids to study things they wouldn't normally choose to study on their own. See, you just talked about tricking them yes. into doing something. Yes, yes. You just got the and same. Yeah, it, 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 it's, it's very similar. So I'm a manager, right? Like, it's the same thing. Like, you have to manage, you have to trick people into to wanting, not even to, to do it, into wanting, wanting to, to do, do the thing that they need to do, In either be because successful. it needs to get done or just to be happy. Yeah. Just enjoy yeah. themselves. It's, I totally it's understand that. Mm -hmm. kind of a bizarre. And then I'm, like I said, I'm a fake math teacher. I'm a fake everything. So you're the you're the Russian uh, uh, 
history. So I started college as a music performance major on the viola, and who the heck knows what a viola is? So <laughs> it, it, it goes from one obscure thing to another, and then I've just become this, this I just, I like to pick up all these different things. I like to make connections, and I like to, so I, I've got my, I don't know if other people can do things my way. It just because it, it's I my way. I don't think they can, you know, so but that's okay because you're a level twenty to Kathleen, yeah, see, and to participate, yeah, you only need to be like a level. I play Dungeons and Dragons with Gary Gigax, so yeah, <laughs> I, I go way back. <laughs> and I had the the paper versions of of D and D version one point zero zero one. He but came out and demoed the game to our dorm, and we played it okay, late that's, one night. That's more D&D cred than I have, but I did play yeah. in 1978. So this was 76. So okay. we go back a no, long way. You guys are always off yeah. by a couple years from each other. I'm oh, it's sad. Well, I'm, you know, he's the younger. He's 100 years older than I am, yeah, so that's there good. you go. It's, I understand that. They'll be saying that hundreds of years from now. <laughs> that's funny. I am really enjoying this conversation. Um, we just talked about it. The gamification of learning... With respect to academic decathlon, I don't want to point the question too much, but you guys both just admitted to being extreme D and D nerds. There's something Out in your in. DNA. Oh, wait, make There's, a saving roll. <laughs> That's right. There's something in in you, I think, that connects also to this academic decathlon world. Forget, you know, maybe the teaching. We have the teaching part. We have the coaching part. We have the philosopher part. All of your guys' backgrounds, but. From a gaming perspective, how does that connect? Because I think a lot of listeners, uh, I'm hoping, I mean, we won't have any listeners yet, this is our first podcast, but a lot of people in this community that will be consuming this content probably have played a game in their lives, and honestly, maybe have played a lot of games in their lives. Yeah, Well, Academic Decathlon is is a game, actually, it's probably two or three games. Yeah. And anytime you add a competitive aspect to something, you add a motivation that was really effective for some students and is not so effective for other students, but you add a motivation that isn't normally there. And then you also add some other layers of, of competition or feeling as if you've accomplished something. Some people compete against themselves and yep. some compete against other people and they get a feeling of accomplishment from achieving different goals, A, reaching a certain score or B, beating your arch rival both of those are motivators. And as motivators, there's something that, I mean, that's part of what why games are interesting. We want to win or we want to achieve something. In the case of D&D, you're not trying to win. Right. You're trying to have a... a you're trying to not die. You're trying to not die. Which is kind of like Decathlon <laughs> as a varsity. Who hasn't read the materials? So right. Trying to not great. to die. To not to die and, and, and maybe gain a level or, yeah. you know... Look, have I've some, advanced. Some, yeah. some semblance of, of success and... So there is a sort of role-playing aspect of this because when you come down to it, learning in this particular way where you're then tested on it and compare scores to other people is incredibly artificial. And it's yeah. not oh, yes. really healthy in some ways. No. Yep. But it's wonderful and motivating and yeah. it has positive outcomes. Well, this whole decathlon was started by a guy that said, you know, with, you know Olympic decathlon and, you know, why can't we treat academics like sports? And, and, and yes, I mean, look, obviously people are into football in spite of the concussions. People are into sports. And so it's, so it, and it's because of that competitive nature. Yeah. So if we channel 
kids into competing in academics. Imagine if academics were valued as much as sports in yeah. our culture today. I mean, wow, you know, we, we, we wouldn't be talking about what million dollar contract is shoe company is getting, you know, we'd be talking about, look at that physicist, wow, look at that mathematician. Have you seen wow. the skit by the, is it Keen and Peel? Keen and Peel, yeah. Keen and Peel do the, do the uh, math teacher draft and it's like, yeah. as yes. it's being broadcast yes. on, yes. on, yes. on ESPN, yes. and it's like, whoa, this math teacher, this calculus teacher from this college gets taken by the first round, yeah. signs for $1.4 <laughs> million. Dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> we're joking, though. We're joking, but that's going to happen. We're going to make that happen. If Not in my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you're, I mean, Todd, Todd and I agree that the, the motivation of a competition or the motivation of the experience of competing and those are two different things. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's cool. I like that. Are things that that again will really engage some students, and then therefore they will engage in learning. Yep. And then some kids don't like the competitive aspect of it, but I, I think they gen generally don't self-select into decathlon because of that. And so we're missing some kids because of that. But then there's lots of other opportunities for them to to get that. That's a feel. great point. Yeah. But you've got that everywhere. I mean, today. Uh, I mean, they've got all state auditions today in the state of Arizona. And so that happens every year. Right. Yeah, it does. They always coincide. <laughs> and people have to choose. And sometimes they have to choose one over the other, as his son had to do. Or did both one yes. year. Which was yeah. Not a good one year I had kids <laughs> I going from here, drive, drove them to there, and then came back. You know, I, it, that's just what you have to do. But the thing is, even in something like music, we have competitions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we have, you know, so it's. Isn't it's, that interesting? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's. it's you, you can't. It's the way life is structured, whether that's good or bad, it, it, it's the way it is. So you might as well, you know, try to get what you can out of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were, I mean, as a, as a species, we were competing with each other and with the world and with other omnivores from the very beginning of our, of our existence. And so that I think humans have some sort of competitive aspect hardwired into hardwired. their DNA. I would I mean, agree. It, Unless you're in Africa and the population is dense and if you don't like the ruler, you could just move to a different part. Sorry, I'm segueing into <laughs> no, the material. Great. So, uh, yeah. It's, um, so you're always trying to make these loose connections. I, I, you know, see, I mean, there, there you go. Like, you're, yeah. you're proving what we were saying about you right. and what you were saying about yourself. The problem earlier. with some of us is that we start making those, us old coaches, I should say, the problem with some of us old coaches, we start making connections to things that happened 10 years ago, and this current and nobody students get, yes, look like, at us blankly reference? and, like, what are you even talking well, about? Well, I mentioned... Give us your, your reference that has, like, fallen flat the most often that you still continue <laughs> oh, to do. Oh, who knows? Let's number them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know... Your favorite one. You, you think high school kids today were made barely born when, in 9-11. Yep. You know, and, we're at that and, and point. so it, it's like trying to even... And I think, oh, that was the year that the, the whole year before we had raised up a whole bunch of money to take my decathlon team out to Chicago because most of the artwork that year was at the you know, Art Institute of Chicago. We were making a whole week of it. And we had, um, we were going to the Art Institute and all the different museums, lots of, you know, the Field History Museum and the Aquarium and all that. So that was the day, 9-11-2001, I was driving to school knowing that I had to make a half deposit to the travel agency because we'd been, you know, we'd raised up $15,000 to take 30 kids on this one week long, you know, and then I'm driving to work listening to the planes crash into the buildings, and even though that was horrific, I'm thinking very personally, well, there goes our trip. Oh, yeah. 
because nobody nobody went on a field trip out of state for a couple of years in no. the district after that. So it's like, you know, this all these things that happen in the real world affect, you know. Yeah. Six years, yeah. seven years later, economy crashes. Yeah. Nobody goes on yeah. field trips again for yeah, a different exactly. reason. Exactly. So it's always an interesting connection to the real world that. You're saying that the real world and the world of education are somehow connected. I know. It seems bizarre. Yeah. But yeah. This is new. This is new yeah. breaking information only on the Zaplon Talk podcast. Yes. yes. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Buy some tests. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I'm not talking about yeah. tests. I'm not talking about any sort of transactional things on this podcast. This is purely meant for people's enjoyment. I was doing that just to tease Nick. I apologize. I know. And I'm making sure I put out a disclaimer. Don't think that I'm ever going to right hook you on this one. I'm giving you giving you little jabs. All right. Um, I feel like that was honestly an incredible conversation. If you guys don't mind, we do have a little bit more time. Let's, let's jump from philosophical and high level real quickly, three or four minutes to tactics. Okay. Real quick, like lightning round tactics. Lightning round. So... I'm an academic decathlon coach. What is the one tactic that you guys think makes your teams happy and successful? They learn something. They get something good out of academic decathlon. What? You don't have something? That's, I mean, that is, I don't know if I could distill it to one. I think I know I one. Would say I would say one, value. It's that you, you convince them of the culture. Yep. You yep. convince them of the culture is that if you are part of this group, then you are going to learn that learning is a requirement. Yep. I like that. That's it. That's it. Because I'm still working. I'm, I'm at a new school. I've been there. Uh, this is only my fourth year at my new school. My old school is there for 25 years. And those first 25 years, it took me 15 years to build the culture to the way I wanted it to be. And finally, it was, like, it was an inner city school, and I had to convince the kids that it was in their best interest to like to learn and to put in the time and effort and it took 15 years of me being stupid Todd to figure out the right way to do it that culture beyond anyone's expectation of a, of, a, of a group that maybe didn't come from the same traditional learning background as say my students do so the fact that he instilled that culture and got it to a point where that was sort of a normal part of that school system is amazing yeah. absolutely phenomenal and it's absolutely something, for some of us it's easier if, you, if you're if you working with kids who are like children of academics or children of professionals, they come from a more natural, hey, I'm gonna learn, that's part of the process. There are other groups that don't have that same sort of gravitation towards learning, but working with any group and convincing them that learning is a normal part of thing is the true key and success to yep. any academic account. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think there's anything, I, we could have a million more conversations and I'm sure we will do something similar to this again but I don't think there's really any better note that we could end on than that. So, uh, yeah. Sorry. No, yeah, Todd's Lots actually, Todd's going to play the viola uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. for our closing theme song. Um, oh, my son is auditioning for Allstate today on the cello. Today. Yep. Good luck. Good luck, Satchel. Yep. There you go. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, please, in whatever form makes the most sense, respond to this piece of content. It's only half an hour. Tell other people to listen to it because I think there's a lot of gems in here and I think that we're starting something cool. So thank you once again for listening. This is Zathlon Talk. I'm here with Nick, Chris, and Todd. And thank you. Thanks. Thank you.